0: Good afternoon. This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well, so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you're stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, I am honored to be with Corey Poirier, aka The Speaker Guy. Corey is an award-winning keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, won multiple awards and appeared on many radio and TV shows. Now you may ask, what has Public Speaking Guide to do with health? Interestingly, a lot. Corey is a passionate interviewer and has interviewed over 4,000 of the world's top leaders about their lives and how they achieved success. He also wrote the Y book and is working on another. Welcome, Corey, to my show. It's a great pleasure to have you with me today.
1: Thanks, Christine. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Now, Corey, one thing I ask all my guests is, how did you become the person you are today and ended up as a famous speaker? So I guess this,
1: this is the challenging one because it's uh, I took a way different path than the norm to become a, uh, a keynote speaker. So I'll give you the short version, but the short version is essentially I started, it was actually in Nova Scotia. I was uh, I had a Fringe Festival play. So I had a play in a, a local festival, uh, the Atlantic Fringe Festival for those uh, from Nova Scotia. And uh, what happened was at the end of our plays run, I realized I was terrified about the idea of being on the stage. So one of the actors actually sprained his ankle and couldn't make one of the shows, and I was the only other person that knew the lines. So I had to write myself a part, but I actually wrote a part where I would, my back would face the audience because I was terrified of the idea of facing them. And so I realized after that, if I wanted my work to get out there with my own voice, I had to get over this fear. And so ironically, you know, as they say serendipitous, I guess, I was driving down the road with one of the actors the last day of the play, driving him home, and he said, hey, I heard about the stand-up comedy workshop at a local university. How would you like to come with me and give it a try? And as they say, the number one fear in the world above death is public speaking. Uh, <laughs> so Jerry Seinfeld has said that what that means is that if you were at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than doing the eulogy. <laughs> so it's not a big uh, you know, comfort zone for most people. So stand-up comedy is obviously fairly tough. Scary. Uh, when I, it, when, well, when I ask in a room, uh, I'll ask tomorrow actually... Uh, in the room where I'm speaking, I'll say, how many people here would be willing to go to a comedy club tonight if I can get you a spot? And Say Yuck Yucks, as an example. And uh, th- maybe I'll get one hand out of 500 people. That will go up. So not a big uh, comfort zone for most people. So the idea was I was going to go to this workshop, learn about stand-up uh, for two weeks, and then decide if it was for me. Went to the workshop. Two weeks later, all we had learned is here's how you adjust the mic stand. And so essentially the third week... We went to a local club, which no longer here, um, but uh, we went to this club, and essentially we were supposed to watch people entertain us. We found out five minutes of showtime. we were the entertainers. So, to make a long story super short, basically jumped on the stage, told two jokes, didn't have the mic turned on, bombed horribly, um, <laughs> but got a comfort with it, figured out uh, speaking would give me some of the things about comedy that I liked and not the things I didn't like, and so I transitioned into becoming a speaker. And that's really the journey I took was basically falling face first on a stand-up stage but realizing speaking would offer me some of the benefits. So that's kind of where it went from there.
0: That is really amazing, I must say that, yeah. It's funny, everybody that in the end becomes a little on the greatness stage, I will say, has an interesting personal history That that is so, so funny. And And I know you help a lot of people uh, find their way, why, and your favorite topic is find their why, their passion in life. Now, that is really important, and that's part of what I do because your health—you can't be healthy if you don't have a passion in life, a purpose. So that is really important. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Well, I, I've, I've said that uh, I call it vitamin P. So vitamin P is the P is for passion or purpose. You can choose, and I say it's the one vitamin that you can't buy in the store but it's probably the most important vitamin that you'll ever take. And so what I'm driving at is that, what I've discovered with passion is that if you're living a passionate life, typically speaking, you're healthier, you're more passionate in general, people like being around you more because you're more positive by nature, you fight off more diseases because if you're a passionate person, you're probably more positive. And if you're more positive, your are thinking glasses half full, so you're going to probably get more positive in your life. Uh, if you believe in that law of attraction, that's to me, you're drawing like to like. So the benefits to me of passion are you're gonna be healthier because again, uh, you're going to stave off illnesses if your body's better, feeling better. I think your immune system is naturally better if you have passion in your life. Um, if you're living on purpose, I think more people want to be around you, and I simply think that it's uh, it's a better way to live your life. They say that, uh, I believe it's, I've heard the number that less than 5% will ever find their why. Uh, Robin Sharma, the leadership guru, uh, actually from Nova Scotia as well, who wrote The Monk As Old As Ferrari, when I interviewed him, he said that uh, 20, he said the average people, like most people, um, die at 20, and then they wait until they're 80 to bury their own bodies. And what he was basically getting at was that um, people that are walking around without purpose, sadly, they're not living a full life. So the, the long and short of it is I think you live a fuller life, you end up being healthier, happier, and more fulfilled and have more purpose if you can find your passion. So that's why I'm passionate about helping people find their why.
0: Wow, that is, that is so important. And it really is. And I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you say only 5% find their passion. I know many people that just live in the day and go to their job, live from paycheck to paycheck and looking forward to being retired. But when you ask them, what do you want to do when you're retired? Oh, I'll just sit down and watch TV. I, I couldn't imagine living that way. And you're right. The immune system is better when your thoughts are positive and focused on something. And you tend to eat better. You tend to get your vitamin p which is very important tell me a little bit about all your interviews and what you learned from those i mean we have lots of time in the second half we just start on that topic
1: yeah and so and i should mention because i mentioned why purpose Mm. passion those are all interchangeable so for somebody listening here going why did he just rhyme off different ones um so the very first number like if i say the number one most common trait that I've discovered during all these interviews, is finding your why. So these people have found their why. So it just drives all the way back to why the last book was about the subject. It's the most common trait. So these people have found their purpose. They're living on purpose. Uh, if I drive down or drill down into a couple of the other traits, uh, and we can, you know, I can give you those, and then we can drill it to them into the second half. But essentially, the, uh, the second one would be that, that these top achievers are lifelong learners. So the late Zig Ziglar had a great quote, and he said, you can finish school, and it will seldom be easy, but, um, uh, sorry, you can finish school, and it can be easy, but, or uh, you can um, essentially keep your uh, life education going, and it it might not be easy. You know, that's paraphrased, but basically he was saying that we need to dive into lifelong learning, Mm -hmm. and so lifelong learning is is another common trait. These uh, high achievers go, I want to keep feeding my mind long after most people stop. And then a third one is they're focused. They go all in. So whereas in a time where a lot of people can walk down the road and bump into a garbage can because they're looking down at their cell phone, the highest of achievers find a way to segment so that they can compartmentalize almost and say, okay, if I'm with Corey, then I'm with Corey. If I'm with my phone, I'm with my phone. So they know how to basically get focused and go all in. So those would be the top three.
0: So that's really, very interesting. So it was to you have your value.
1: Yes,
0: to le- be a lifelong learner like we are and to really get all in. And I know there's books written about that subject, how to get all in. And I, I think it's really important because if you say, oh, I'll try a little bit of this. And many young people I find are so focused on video games. They don't live a life.
1: I, yeah, I, I think it's it's really sad in a lot of ways. And I've heard statistics that are crazy that where people would give up, um, you know, they would give up so much of their life before they would give up their phone, which is huh. is so sad to me. Um, I'm like everybody else or the majority of people. I have a phone. In fact, I'm on the road a lot. So I have two phones. But that doesn't mean I have to give my power back to my two phones. We were talking uh, earlier about the fact that, uh, as I mentioned, I, um, when you call my phone, you don't get me because I'm always in meetings and what have you, and, but yet my office answers it, you get a live voice, but to me that's healthier than me being a slave to the phone.
0: Wow, yeah, that is, that, that is, that is very true. And I hope I get to that, that I have an assistant answering the phone to me. Eventually I will. And uh, I really enjoy talking to you today, and it's, it's really a, a big, big pleasure, and I'm looking forward to diving more into the matter in the second half. This brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast. And please tune in after the commercial break with more from Cory Poirier. Thank you. Welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 975 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm with today's guest, Corey Poirier, aka the Speaker Guy. In the first half, we talked about a very interesting topic how to find your passion, and we talked about how you found yours. And you told me in the break a little bit about that you're writing a new book. and Tell us a little bit about that and why you did that and how you got the idea.
1: So the book is called The Book of Why and How. Uh, so it's kind of a, a build on to the last book, which was simply called Why. And the premise is diving in further into this, how do you find your why? But also, how do you I'll I'll say crush it in business. So we were talking about some of these timeless secrets, I call them, that I've learned during these thousands of interviews. So the book talks about the practical action steps and the how-tos that I've learned from these thought leaders in terms of how you can take those as an individual or an entrepreneur and work them into your life. Uh, So we said, as an example, lifelong learning. You know, so that's one of the hows. So how do you, first of all, the importance of knowing it's a top trait of high achievers. But then secondly, is how do you actually now tap into that? How do you get a lifelong learning plan? How do you bring learning into your life? And so the why part, as I mentioned, is about your purpose and helping you find it. The how is how do you do all this stuff and how do you juggle it all so that you can basically achieve at the highest level? And that's the, kind of the premise, the book of why and how. Those are the whys and hows.
0: So that's really important because many people say, oh, my passion is to this and that, but I really don't know what to do with it, how how to really get that message over to the people. And that is so important. So what's your main takeaway from the book, if you don't mind sharing? I, I, I don't want you to have too much uh, ahead of time because then you can sell your book when you tell me everything. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and, and I'm, I'm a believer in, in, uh, in giving as much as I possibly can. But, of yes. course, you're always at time restrictions. So what, what I'll say is essentially what I'd love for people to take away is and the sub the subheader of the book the subtitle is related to the timeless secrets and so obviously you can tell by me mentioning that a few times that's a really big thing for me is this whole idea of what are these secrets that I've learned uh, I'm a fan of Napoleon Hill and his work Thinking We're Rich and essentially what I'm doing now is is my, a modernized version of what he did back then mm-hmm. and he revealed the secrets he learned so the takeaway from the book I would love for people to have is if they haven't found their purpose or their why, hopefully it'll give them the lesson that there's exercises to help them get there. The secondary part, the bigger takeaway is what are these timeless secrets? You know, because if they're secrets, that means the average person probably doesn't know about them. So what are these timeless secrets? And they're timeless because they work, they've worked for thousands of years. So the secondary part is how can I take them as the reader and work them into my life? And what that'll do for you is give you the shortcuts that other people don 't have, so the takeaway is learning the timeless secrets and then teach secrets, and then how to use them as takeaways to shortcut the learning experiences of your life personally and professionally
0: hmm. i i I really like that you probably can't share all those timeless secrets, but maybe a few
1: yeah, actually, we can dive into them because hmm. I, I would love to what and some of those traits that I said I learned from the highest of achievers before, you know, in the first half, uh, those are some of the timeless secrets. Yeah. So one of the timeless secrets, and I say secrets, I mean, obviously, we know some people know them, just like Napoleon Hill in his book, people knew uh, some of those secrets, like they knew desire was important. When he said desire, he was really saying passion. I mean, mm. that's the same thing. Uh, so first of all, a timeless secret is to the fact that we talked about, Whether that stat is 100% perfect, I'm not sure, the 5% that I mentioned. But we do know that less people have found their passion than haven't. Um, And so I guess really what the takeaway as a timeless secret is the fact that knowing how important it is to discover your why, knowing what that feels like, and then knowing how to do it. Uh, A secondary timeless secret, we talked about learning. So if I dive into that one, what I recommend people do is figure out a way to bring a learning plan into their life, and that can be formal or informal. Uh, so, what, if it's an organization that's, you know, if a CEO or a president of a company listening, you need to know how important it is to provide learning opportunities for your staff. Uh, so I I was worked with a company that uh, I did a talk on the same bill, and they sh- uh, did a study that showed 23% of today's employees are actively engaged.
0: Wow, that's not many.
1: No, and and there, you know, I will say that there's um, there's a large number that are just engaged. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the rest are all disengaged, but. For me, the bigger takeaway was the number one way they found to actually engage people was provi- by providing learning opportunities. So first of all, as an employer, you need to figure out how to, way- how to provide learning opportunities for your staff. If you're the individual listening right now and saying, okay, how does this impact me? What I'm suggesting is you need to figure out an informal learning plan for yourself. So the question is, what does that look like? Well, the good news is today, you don't have to be reading a book. You can be, but... You know, back when I started, I read my first book. You had to read because that was your only learning option. Today, you have podcasts. You have videos. Yeah, videos. Uh, one of the big ways is TED Talks. Mm-hmm. So what I recommend is people spend 20 minutes a day feeding their mind. It just so happens, and this was my plan, a TED Talk is around 20 minutes. So it, your informal learning plan could be simply every morning when you get up, watch a TED Talk. Yeah. And then maybe discuss it with somebody, get yeah. somebody else to watch, have a buddy yeah. system. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way you can learn is, um, is to incorporate something like a TED Talk. You could decide to read, you could listen to Success Magazine, their audio CDs. You could read Success Magazine. Just that magazine is probably yeah. the equivalent of three books a month. So, what I'm suggesting uh, in terms of a timeless secret is knowing that if you keep feeding your mind in a more efficiently and more efficient way than most people, You're going to rise to the top. And then secondly, you need to know how to do it. And what I suggest is figure out a way to incorporate learning into your life. You drive to the office every day if you're working at an office, turn your car, as Brian Tracy would say, into your mobile library. So start, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to audio CDs or talks or what have you. Uh, So that's the second timeless secret is the idea of feeding your mind. And those are some strategies for how you could maybe start to build your own plan. Um, third, quick one: going all in. So this is the idea of not being always focused on your cell yep. phone, being focused with people. Uh, so the secret is most people struggle to be focused, and the people that are the highest of achievers typically are completely focused. They go yep. all in. So you so need they to imagine that
0: they live in the now. They are right there with whoever they are with. And and not get distracted like some people, they can't even eat without checking their texts. And and, uh, that that is sad. It's the same when you eat. You have to be what they now call mindful. And I think that's the same principle, getting all in, being there, present in the present moment, being mindful. And my own opinion is you have to be also courageous to get outside your comfort zone and try something new. Even if you're not good at it. I don't know if you said it or somebody said it. If something is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Because everybody that starts doesn't do it well. So in the beginning, everybody does it badly. And when you, you won't tell a child that's learning to walk. No, you walk right straight. It's learning and it's doing it badly badly. But that's how it's learning, and we get in, encourage the child. Why don't we encourage the adults the same way?
1: Absolutely, and you know I will say that there's a great quote, and likewise, I, I think it was either Les Brown or Zig Ziglar, and what he said, which this this quote I carry with me all the time internally. You don't have to be great to get started, but you certainly have to start to become great.
0: Yeah, so true.
1: So true. So those yeah. are those are some timeless secrets. Yeah. Hopefully that. Yeah. Provided a little bit of insight into where I go in the book. I just go a lot deeper into helping you find those answers.
0: I really love that idea. And I uh, think some Chinese uh, uh, philosopher said uh, to walk a walk of a thousand mile, you have to do the first step. And that's always the thing. You have to start, even if you're not good at it, just try it. And if people laugh at you, well, laugh with them. (laughs) Absolutely, for sure. Some people are so anxious nowadays, so afraid. They don't want to do anything unless they are perfectionistic. Have you talked to people that have overcome perfectionism?
1: Yeah, I I see it regularly. Uh, Some have overcome it to the extent that they've just eventually figured, I'm not going to get anything done until I start taking action. And then once they do it a few times, they start getting better at it. I've seen others who struggle with it, but try and then I've seen people that just won't try it all. They just kind of, unless it's perfect. But we see that in, in various walks of life. As a, for instance, I always think of this, but uh, there was um, the band Guns N' Roses, the lead singer, worked on the album, that the last album that they kind of put out on his own for 12 years. And the money that they said was spent in the studio for that album, and it finally came out 12 years later. It was an okay album. I mean, I might even say good, but how could it ever live up to 12 years of hype? Everybody knew he was working on it, but they said the reason he couldn't get it out is because he couldn't finish. He couldn't actually say, okay, it sounds good, and he kept re-recording the songs. Mm -hmm. So would you rather be that circumstance, or maybe the band that put out five albums while he tried to put out that one album that took 12 years? So you got to decide, but I think nothing starts until you take action. But today, what's cool that you couldn't do back years ago is you can actually put it out and like a book, for instance, and if you miss one little thing on the editing stage, you can just print on demand and put a new version out with the corrective. But isn't it better to get it out there and have people benefit from it than trying to have it so perfect that it never reaches anybody?
0: That is so thinking. true. That is so true. And uh, you find that probably with many of the leaders that you interview... It's always interesting to me, too, how people define success. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial success. Some people want to be in power and have a lot of finances. And we see those examples all the time in politics. I don't want to go into that. But uh, many people uh, say, oh, I just want to be a good mother and raise the children to be something good and decent. And I think that's a wonderful passion if a mother can be passionate about that. Oh, I want to keep my husband happy. Yes, it is a passion. Why not? And the husband, when they say, "Yeah, I want to be successful in the job. I want to do my job right and want to feel good at the end of the day," that's fine. And uh, I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I, I in terms of success, one thing that's interesting after doing a lot of interviews. As I can tell you, the definition, as you said, it's, it's different for different people. But I can tell you also what the common answer is out of over 4,000 interviews. What I've found is, whether they word, however they word it, it's a summation of this. It's actually a Bob Dylan quote. He said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm a success if I get up in the morning and go to bed at night, and in between, I get only things that I love. And... That really, like you said, it's very seldom about money with the highest of achievers. Where you think it would be all about money, it's very seldom. For them, it's about time, freedom, and doing what they love. Yeah. That's the best definition I've seen is doing what you love. And like you said, the doing what you love could be raising children. Yeah. Or it could be being highly successful in the business world.
0: Yeah, yeah. that is That is a wonderful thought to leave our listeners too and uh, finish the end of the show thank you very much Corey for being on my show it was a very big pleasure and honor to have you on thank you
1: Christine it's a pleasure on my have too.
0: thank you behalf. and for the listeners please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions thoughts comments or suggestion or if you'd like to contact Corey my email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at communityradio.ca and I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank to today's producer, Ron Goyash. Thank you, Ron. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station and we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.